to the 8th chapter of Romans. We'll be in that chapter today. Romans the 8th chapter. It's rather difficult to know the mind of the Lord regarding this morning's service. I'd started a series a couple months ago, but only preached two messages in that series. And with, with about a month in between, it's kind of hard to follow a series. And yet it's an important Sunday, the Sunday after revival. And uh, so finding the mind of the Spirit, I think I will not preach specifically regarding the same topic in which I had started in the series, but rather do something that's more connected with our revival meeting. Don Brown was sharing with Bill and I at the end of last week, and he said, one uh, layman came to him and was said, Don, what are we going to do? I mean, you know, the, all the good preaching and the singing that we had and you know, Lenny's going to be gone this next Sunday. And Don says, well, don't worry. Pastor will be gone too, and Jerry will be there, and Bill will be there. They'll bring us back down to earth. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to do that today, but we're going to share something in line with the revival about walking in the Spirit. Let's look at Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. I should probably say that many of us, many of us, in the week of the revival got help. It was a good, healthy week for this church. For the times we've had to share in testimony, Wednesday nights, discipling classes, Bible studies, every chance you've had to share, you have told us that. That God spoke to you, there was something definite, and we are very grateful for what God has done. I'd just like to point out that in Romans 7.24, that probably many of us were at that point, maybe not at the same point as the man in Romans 7, but we experienced something similar. Whether it was in one area of life or the entire part of life, where there was this frustration where we say, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? The answer is in verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's what Lenny said, the light comes on. You know, we saw in that week of revival, the light came on, we saw our need, and God was able to do something for us. Then that brings us into chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And isn't it good that that weight is lifted when you have that sense that there's now no condemnation, you know, I don't, that's not pressing in my life anymore. That's not a source of frustration, irritation. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to put his finger on that anymore and talk to me about that. That issue is settled. And that happened for many of us. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. God did in sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. We had an excellent meeting yesterday. It was a meeting of all the adult teachers. And it was just a super time that we spent together. 
And I got to thinking as I was thinking over how that meeting and this sermon and all the revival, how it all ties together. Maybe one of the things we should consider as a church is in our Sunday school lessons after revival, maybe we ought to hit about four, five, six weeks of just follow-up work in walking in the Spirit. Because you see, sometimes I think for those of us that have been sort of around the church for a while, maybe we forget how someone maybe has in the time of revival or spiritual renewal week has come to a brand new understanding of their relationship with the Lord and that they need nurture and there's going to be some things that will be confusing to them and that, that they won't understand that they're going to need our help. And in our own lives, there's, there's times when we have to review and say there's certain things that we need in our lives if we're going to continue to walk in the Holy Spirit. So it's in that kind of a framework that we share the sermon this morning. The power to live in the Holy Spirit. I want to mention to you this morning five F's, if you want to keep notes. Five F's. I hope that's not the grade of the sermon, but we're going to share those points. If they all begin with the same letter, you, when you hear another word that begins with that letter, you'll say, well, that's the next point. And the first F, I'm going to skip down in Romans 8 to, to verse 12. Verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you must die. But if you by the Spirit are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The thing that he's talking about in verse 13 and putting to death the deeds of the body, the first F is forsaking sin. That has to be a part of what it means to walk in the Holy Spirit, to forsake sin. You know, the, the glorious, there's two things in that. One is God's provision. And forsaking sin, turn back with me real quick to Romans 6. And we're just going to look at God's provision. What gives us the right to say that we can forsake sin? Look how Romans 6 begins with a question. What shall we then say? Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase? God forbid. It's not a part of the Christian life to have sin in your life. Look at verse 6. Why? Here's the provision. Knowing this that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with or destroyed, and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We didn't do anything to make that kind of provision. But when, we, when Christ died, our old way of life was nailed to the cross with him that the power of sin might be destroyed. Now, we didn't have anything to do with that. Jesus did that for us. That's the provision that's there. But look at verse 12. Verse 12 in chapter 6 says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lust, and do not go on presenting your members of your body as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. The two things under sin is one, God's provision. He has made the provision. God has always planned all along that we walk the holy life. And so he completely took care of the power of sin on the cross. The provision is there. 
And what our tendency is in Revival Week is to get caught up in the experience, to get caught up in this new light, and to look back at that illustration and to say, God has done it all, the provision is there, and now I know I can just sort of put this thing on autopilot and ride right on into heaven. But you see, in walking in the Spirit, even the word walk implies that we have responsibility. And we've read two other verses that says, put to death. Don't let sin reign. The second part of that, not only has God made provision under sin, but we have a responsibility. And sometimes we forget that we have to work out our own salvation in fear and trembling. Like Lenny preached that one sermon. Remember, he was on one side and he said, I know we're saved by faith. Then he talks about the rewards and the works and all this over here. I know that the provision for sin. God's taken care of it. We, we couldn't have done anything. But once we are saved, in walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to make up in our, our minds that we're going to forsake sin. That it's going to be behind us. That by the power of the Holy Spirit, some of those things that were plaguing us before, we're now going to appropriate His power and we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It means that we have to determine in our heart and in our mind that we're going to forsake sin. Point number one. Point number two. We have to feed upon the Word of God. Turn with me to Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things that are the flesh, and those that are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. It does not subject itself to the law of God and is not able to do so. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. One of the key words in verses 5 and 6 is this word mind. It's what we're going to feed our mind on, and that has to be the Word of God. If we had an hour, we could probably just take time to, to point out all that the Scripture has to say. I, the more that I'm into the Word, the more that I look about how God gives us direction, I can almost, well, I can make this statement. It's impossible to walk in the Spirit without a consistent input of the Word of God. It is impossible. And I know what God has done for us. I know the provision of the cross. But you see, we have a responsibility. Not only do we have a responsibility to put sin in the past and to say no to sin and make that a definite statement in our heart and our mind, but we also have the responsibility of the word to feed our hearts on the word of God. It's a must. I don't know of any other way to walk in the spirit. There's no options when it comes to this. We have to have the word. Now, there are many ways to get the word in your life. You, know, you can hear it. We're hearing the word this morning. But to walk in the Holy Spirit, it has to be more than hearing. There has to be that time in our lives where we where we have well, we call it the devotional part of our lives. But we have to get the word so that it it applies to us. And as James says, when we look into the word, we're to see ourselves and that way we make correction. It's just like looking into a mirror. And that has to happen in the devotional area of our life. It's a must. If I were going to ask an embarrassing question this morning, and please don't raise your, raise your hand in response to it, all I would have to ask is how many of you are consistently memorizing the Word of God on a regular basis? 
Now, other denominations really kind of put us to shame, and I'm not in competition with them. I think that maybe they see a little more clearly than we do sometimes that it takes the word to walk in the Holy Spirit. If we are going to be holiness people and walk in the Holy Spirit, we've got to let our ethic match our doctrine. We can't separate ourselves from the word. It must be a part of our daily intake. That's our responsibility. So that when the next spiritual renewal week comes along, the focus is not so much upon me as to now, how can I minister to those who have needs in their lives? Now I am ready to disciple them. One of the reasons why we are not ready to disciple other people is because we are anemic when it comes to the word. And I don't mean to be hard on us this morning because I have to say the same thing to myself after a spiritual renewal week. What am I doing with the word? And there are some things I had to tell God about my scripture memory, about my meditation on his word. Why? I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about. God reminded me that this la- of the, in this last week that there was a time in my life that I look back to as when my spiritual growth began to take place. It was at the same time, it was coincident with the fact that the word of God became a priority. And that I had to make time for the word. And in feeding your mind, you have to ask yourself these kinds of questions. What am I putting in my mind? What did I put in my mind this last week? I know the truth of God invaded my life. I know he dealt with me. But this last week, did I take my responsibility? Did I put into my mind the word of God as I should have? Or was the time in the word replaced with? Certain types of television, radio, music, books, entertainments, whatever. That did not feed my soul. If we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to feed our mind on the word of God. Let's move to point number three. Fervent prayer. James says in 516 that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's through the word that revelation comes to our lives. And it's through the word that God speaks to us. Then it's through prayer that we develop that communication back to him. And it has to be fervent prayer. Let me say, let me type prayer back into one other thing. The first point, forsaking sin. When when we're aware of an area in our life, whether it's a sin of action or whether it's a sin of attitude, when we become aware of that, we've got to call it what it is. And if it is a sin, we have to call it sin. Remember, Lenny talked about that in revival. We have to be willing then in prayer to confess that and to take that to God and appropriate the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's in prayer that fervent prayer where in connection with the word and all that God is saying to us that our lives continue to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Fervent prayer. Point number four. Is fellowship and ministry. If we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to forsake sin. We have to feed our minds on the word of God. We have to involved in fervent prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And number four, we have to be involved in the fellowship and ministry of a local church. For those of you that 
received help last week that are not involved in the church and not a part of the regular scheduled church services, part of walking in the Spirit means that you take the responsibility to change that in your life. If we want to walk in the Spirit. And there's no other way to live in victory than to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through the fellowship of the church that you are ministered to. And it's through the fellowship of the church that you have an opportunity to minister. There is no other way to be involved in victorious Christian living in the power of the Holy Spirit, walking in his light, unless you're involved in the church. It's his body. And he has placed the church here so that when you have a need, and let me just alert us as a congregation, there are some people that had some basic needs met, some very basic needs met. Some received Christ into their lives for the very first time. It's a brand new thing for them. They need nurture. They need help. The church, you, we need to ask God now, who do you want me to reach out to? Those of us that have been around for a while where we've walked in the spirit, we know what it's like. We need to reach out to them and help them to get them to the place also where they can begin to reach out and help other people because it's through the framework of the church. The way that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit is through the fellowship and through the ministry of the local church. The fifth point. Forsaking sin, feeding on the word, fervent prayer, fellowship and ministry. And the last point I'm going to take from Romans 8.18. <clears throat> For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. And I would really call this point faith. Number five is faith. You say that doesn't look like there's faith in that verse, but if you consider the whole context, we don't have time to unfold that right now, but if you consider that whole context, he's talking about making such a commitment to the Lord, walking in the spirit to the degree that you're, re you're ready to suffer for Christ. And that's that's a walk by faith. That's not talking about so much the physical calamities of this life as it is suffering because of your faith. The fifth point is to walk in the spirit. You must exercise faith. And it's to this degree. That there could be something that you've been involved in in business. There could be something that you've been involved in where you work, where you go to for recreation or whatever. There might be some things that you're just going to have to say, I can't be involved in that anymore if I'm going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We took time in discipleship class to share last Wednesday about this area of, of restitution. And one of the gals shared with us that when she was uh, working for a jewelry store that a friend of hers came in and wanted to make a purchase and just really simply didn't have all the money to make that purchase. So she said to that person, uh, since I work here and I know you, I can give you a discount. I know it's supposed to, she knew in her mind it was only supposed to go to her family. That's what the owner had told to her, but said, you know, I can give you that kind of discount. You're my friend. And she did it and it bothered her. And it continued to bother her and continued to bother her. And she thought, you know, I'm just, that's not a good witness. And God would not release her from that. To make a long story short, she said she finally had to look up that boss 
and go into the, the home office and say to the person, I have cheated the company out of $20. And they said, oh, just, just forget it, just forget it. She said, no, I've done what I've done. I cannot live with myself. I've got to make it right. And she made it right, right there on that spot. And for those of you who are under authority, especially at work, you're going to be asked to do some things that are not right. And walking by faith means that you're going to have to say no to that person. I can't do that. Well, you say, well, that, that might cost me my job. That's all a part of what he's saying here in walking by faith, being willing to suffer for your faith. Because, you see, walking in the Spirit means that there are no compromises. There are no compromises not only in the stories we listen to and the kind of jokes that we tell and all of that kind of thing. There are just no compromises on the ethics of honesty and integrity. And for those of us that have been in the, in the world system and where they operate, those, some of the things are just commonly accepted. But because of our faith in Christ, if we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, if we want to see the things happen spiritually in our lives that we said we wanted to happen last week, we're going to have to say no to some things. That is being willing to suffer for your faith. One of the things that, that, that caught my attention when Lenny was preaching last week was the fact that Moses missed a miracle. Because he was, he, you know, God says, I've chosen you to go and speak to my people and set them free. But he had the speech impediment. And he reminded God and said, I, I, you know, I can't be involved in that. And so God said, well, Aaron will be your mouthpiece. But God, and I believe Lenny was right, God was ready to work a miracle in, his, in Moses' life if he had been willing to trust God. And so many of us get to that point, but it's in a different setting. It's a point of compromise, and we think, but if I don't do what they ask me to do, or if I don't shade the truth a little bit over here, if, I don't be in, if I'm not involved in this, things just aren't going to work out right. And we too miss miracles. That God is just about to do in our lives if we're willing to suffer for our faith and our testimony in Him. What is it to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? It's forsaking sin. Not having anything to do with sin. It's feeding our minds on the Word of God. I believe with all my heart that's what my mind was created to do. Out of the framework of the Word comes the whole setting of life. And if I don't have that framework, I'm not equipped. Number three, I have to be involved in fervent prayer. Not the lay me down to sleep kind of prayers. It's the kind of prayer that I'm working out God's will in my life every day. Every day. It's a fervent thing. Number four, I have to be involved in the fellowship and the ministry of the church. And these are not options if we're going to walk in the Spirit. And number five, I have to be willing to suffer for my faith. It has to come to the point where I'm willing to say, if it cost me something, okay, I'm going to stand on the Word of God and on His truth. One other thing, and with this I close. I heard something yesterday, again, this just stuck into my mind. One of the three gentlemen that shared with us at a meeting yesterday of all the adult teachers said this. That when Jesus was walking the face of the earth. It was basically an agrarian society. Agriculture was the trade. And we've moved from that kind of a society now into an industrial society. And now, one further step into what he called a, an electro-technological society. 
And we've all been victimized by that. That kind of lifestyle has touched every one of us. So that we want instant this, instant that. You know, if the computer only operates at 4.7 megahertz, we want one that operates at 8 megahertz. Because those extra three seconds are important to us. Well, when that happens in every area of life, when we're in this technological age, somehow that invades the kind of thing that we come through in a spiritual renewal week. So that when God speaks to us about something, we say, He spoke to me, something definite happened, there was a crisis experience, thank God that's over. No, it's just begun. The people in the agrarian society, and I think maybe growing up on a farm helped me to appreciate this, had the tendency to be a little more patient because they knew that there was no way to hurry that thing out of the ground. Once you planted it, it would just sit and watch in the watch. You know, you, There's no way to hurry that up. Some things just take time. And that is the way it is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You mean, Jerry, that I might not be done with that thing? That I might have to work through it again and again? That's true. In the power of the Holy Spirit. You might have to come to grips with who you are and what that issue is again. And you might have to say, I'm not feeding on the word like I should. I got to take responsibility for this. I'm not fervent in prayer. If there's anything I need to do, I need to become fervent in prayer. These are the ways that we have of walking in the spirit. And I know even as I preach this sermon. That we can hear a sermon. We can hear sermons like we heard last week. And we say, yeah, that's good. That's what I need. But what we really need is just to take time and say, God. However long it takes, work this out in my life, because I, I with all my heart, I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, please? I'd like for you to take your hymnal and turn to page 268. We're going to sing a hymn together. Page 268. Holy Spirit, be my guide. I'd like you to reflect on the words of that hymn as we begin singing. Let's all sing that first verse together. I would like for Mrs. Silvers to play that through another time or two. Because I'd like for us to end this service in prayer. I'd like for us just to take time right now in the closing moments of this service. Just to reflect on five little F's. Reflect on your own life. And ask God what he would have you do to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And ask him to reveal himself to you. And then I would ask you to say something to him. To make some sort of a commitment to him. About walking in the spirit. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father today we thank you for your word. We do offer our thanks for the spiritual renewal week. But I thank you that. Although we have the glorious truth of what Jesus has done for us. That we also have a responsibility to walk. And just like children that we accept, we expect them at a certain time in their life to walk. To get up and not to crawl anymore, but walk under their own strength, under their power to learn what it's like to walk. 
And I believe your word tells us that that's what you expect of us. That once the lights have come on, once you've showed us who we are, what you want us to do, then there are other things that we have that are responsibilities to allow us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know, Father, that I have needed this message today. The reminders, I doubt that I've said anything new to these people today. But if through the Holy Spirit you can speak to them in a way of reminder that we do have a responsibility to walk before Thee in holiness. And may that pervade all of our lives. I pray for them what I pray for me. That we would appropriate Your power. That in everyday life situations we would know what it is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. May Your Spirit make a difference, a dynamic difference in our lives. We offer our thanks for this privilege we've had of being together to worship and to praise. In Jesus' name, amen.